Now today we're going to look at the law of liberty. In a few minutes, the law of liberty. Still in First Samuel as a lesson. Let's go to First uh, Samuel six thirteen. First Samuel six thirteen. I will do a couple of scriptures. I'll begin with uh, uh, I mean thirteen to nineteen. Remember now, here the ark has been captured. The sons of Eli are dead, and Eli is also dead. It says, now the people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and they lifted their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. Then the cart came in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stood there. A large stone was there. So they split the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it, in which were the articles of gold, and put them on the large stone. Then the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offering and made sacrifices the same day to the Lord. So when the five lords of Philistine had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. These are the golden tumors which the Philistines returned as a trespass offering to the Lord. One for Ashdod, one for Gaza, and one for Ashkelon one for Gath and one for Ekron, and the golden rats according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords, both for fortified cities and country villages, even as far as the large stone of Abel, on which they set the ark of the Lord, which stone remains to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. Number 19 is our key text. Then he struck the men of Beth Shemesh because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. He struck 50,070 men of the people, and the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. Hallelujah. Little background, brethren, interest of time. So in this text, this text precedes the earlier story that we began with. Remember, the two sons of Eli took the ark with them when they went to fight the Philistines. And that day there was a great slaughter. And the Bible says the ark of God was captured. Okay, and someone brought a report to Eli or to the town. And people began screaming because the ark of God had been captured. And Eli, being an old man, and his eyesight faint, fainting, he asked one of his assistants, what is that kind of noise that I hear in town? And they said, sir, there has been a great slaughter. And then later on he learns that his two sons were dead. But more important, someone told him that the ark of God had been captured. And the Bible said when he heard that, he fell back and broke his head, for he was a heavyset man and died. So, the Philistines take the ark of God into their city and put the ark of God with, within their temple. Of course, you remember the temple of, uh, what's the name of that? Uh, uh, of their God. Let's see the temple of their God. Dagon, yes. And Dagon falls down the next day. Now, what we have read, in short, when the ark of God was in Philistine, God inflicted the Philistines with tumors. All right, because of the ark of God. 
and they decided that we have had enough. We will return the ark of God to its rightful place. And they became ingenious. They said, let's get two cows that have got calves that are suckling. And let's tie yoke. Bible said they had not, they, have, they had never been hitched, those, those, those cows. And they put yoke. First of all, for those who have done farming like me, uh, you don't just hitch new cows. You train them. If you put a yoke on two cows, it becomes pandemonium without training. This one will pull in that direction, another in that direction. Okay, so these guys tested the Lord and said, let's put on the new cows. And not just that, we are going to give cows that have got children, have got calves. Of course, you know mother, the mother cows. They don't graze far from the calves. Okay? So they want to test the Lord. And then they say the third one, that if these cows go the opposite direction towards Israel, we know that actually the Lord will have, have inflicted us. And it happened. The cows were not trained. They were in calf. They had calves. And the mothers would not go far from their children. Okay? And they pulled the same direction towards Israel. And the Bible said they, the cows never turned left or right. It went straight to Beth Shemesh. Now, the ark has arrived in Israel. 15 miles from Jerusalem. And the people are excited. They are dancing. The Lord has arrived. But the Lord kills them. 54,000 is a lot of people. Why? Because they did a small sin by looking inside the ark. Do you remember what was in the ark, brethren? What was in the ark of the covenant? There were three things. One of them, it was a small box, right? Who can name for me? That's my brother. Yes. Yes. Okay. You got, you got two right, except one, yeah, Doris? Absolutely. I think you heard that. So there were three things. As my brother said, there was the manna, which the Bible says, it shall be a memorial before you of the miracles that the Lord did for you. All right? And then there is the budding staff of Aaron. I won't go into the stories. But the most prominent thing were the stones that the Lord had written the Ten Commandments. Hello? So these people, the mistake they did was to look into the law of the Lord and the Lord killed them. And not just them. You read throughout scripture, there are other people who are killed because they did the same mistake. There was a guy called Uzziah. Remember Uzziah? David, same story. David becomes the king and wants to bring the, this same ark of God into the city of David in Jerusalem central. And he is dancing and offering sacrifices. And Uzziah was there with other people, priests. And the Bible says, and the oxen stumbled. Hello? And this man did what was so logical in the life of any person who is as smart as we think we are. 
Bible says he steadied the ark of God from falling down. He did a very logical thing. If my Bible is falling down, you will catch it, right? And the, and the anger of the Lord was kindled at this man and he killed him. And David said, who is this God who can stand before him? The man looked into the law. Our inside brethren, the law kills. The law kills. And it's an insight for us as believers in the church. And I want to show you insight for us. So those stories that God is giving us examples, it was meant for the church that we may learn who he is. As I said, the things that God has revealed to us belong to us and our children. So the Old Testament, the stories that God gave us, he gave for the purpose of the church that we may gain wisdom. Now let's go to James 1.25. Okay, I want you to see the difference in a very simplistic way. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not forgetful, forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Hallelujah. Look at the difference. In the church, new dispensation, the Lord says, unlike the previous, you people in the church, you need to be looking into the law of God continuously and don't forget. And you don't die. Ah, this thing just messed me up. That those people who looked into the law of God died earlier. But for us, he's saying, look into the perfect law of liberty and continue in it. And don't forget. Why the difference? The difference is there is man a man who looked into it and died for our behalf. His name is Jesus Christ. And we received liberty. There's a time that we relied on men to take our sins to the Father, to go to the Holy of Holies. But certain men died and the veil was split into two. And so we walk, we don't require another man to take our sacrifice to Christ, to the Lord. We walk in ourselves because we are looking into the law of liberty. And the Bible says, continue in it, brethren. Why? Because it's a grace dispensation. Let me, let me give you another challenge, brethren. There are things that Christ teaches in the Old Testament, not actually teaches, quotes of the Old Testament, but flips them differently. I'll give you an example. The devil comes to tempt Jesus Christ, takes him to the mountain, to the temple. You remember the story. And finally Christ tells him, it is written that worship the Lord only. Remember that, that story? The script that Christ is quoting actually is in the Old Testament, which doesn't say worship. It says, fear the Lord only. And Christ says, it says, worship. So is Christ misquoting the scriptures? Okay, that's one. Another one, the Pharisees come to Christ and ask him, which one is the greatest commandment? And Jesus looks at them and said, oh, actually two. He says there are two. 
The first one is love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And Christ is quoting that scripture from Deuteronomy where it says, fear the Lord. And here he's saying, love the Lord with all. Are you seeing the difference? He's flipping the scriptures like this. In the old dispensation, it says, fear the Lord. In the new dispensation, he's saying, love the Lord. In the other one, he's saying, fear the Lord. Here it says, worship the Lord. Because now we are looking in the law of liberty. You no longer fear the Lord, but you love the Lord. You worship the Lord. We're not saying you should not fear the Lord, brethren. The fear used in the New Testament is different from the fear that we knew in the Old Testament. When you honor someone, there's a certain fear that you have for him. But it's not the same fear that was used earlier. So we are living in a new dispensation of where we look in the law of liberty every day and we live. So brethren, every morning, wake up in the morning, look in the law of liberty. When you walk, look in the law of liberty. Don't forget it. When you're in the office, call your colleagues and let them look into the law of liberty. And that's why, brethren, it is important that we have Holy Communion. Because it's one of the greatest ordinances that reminds us of the law of liberty. And many of us who grew up in religious churches were taught differently. We were taught erroneously. And we will be told if you have got sin, don't partake of the Holy Communion. Remember that. There is a semblance of truth, but they were misquoting that version, that scripture in Corinthians. And they were saying, the Bible says, and some of you take the body of Christ unworthily. Remember that. And they will tell us, if you have got sin, don't take this thing. It was wrong interpretation. Hello? Okay, I know you are sitting on the edge. Because some of you are raised in that, those kind of judges like me. Let me help you. That scripture is addressing division in the church. It's addressing people who are coming to church and take the Holy Communion without consideration. Some are coming drunk. Okay? So God is saying you are taking the body unworthily without reverence. But brethren, as long as you are born again, and it's the day for Holy Communion, Don't for faith to take the Holy Ghost, the Holy Communion. It's an opportunity for you to repent your sin. Hello? Lift up your hands and say, God, I receive your mercy. Wash me, cleanse me, and let me receive your Holy Ghost. That's what it does, brethren. Why do we remember Christ? The Bible says that we take Holy Communion to remember him. What do we remember him for? For the payment he did for us on the cross. So if we died for our sins and they bring Holy Ghost, that, uh, Holy Communion that reminds him of us and you don't take it because you are feeling condemned, you are doing the wrong thing. You are going home condemned. And I love what the churches always do. That before we take the Holy Communion, we have a session of worship that we may search our hearts and cleanse our brethren. It is powerful. This Holy Communion is powerful. So don't go home guilty. 
when the Holy Ghost is coming, or Holy Communion is coming, rejoice. Search your heart. Don't go home with the same sin, same condemnation. For there is the law of liberty in this. As the choir comes on top, uh, uh, in front, uh, so you can uh, conclude this. Just still talking about the law of liberty. The Bible says, uh, which I mentioned Sunday, in Romans 5, 17, it says, um, for those who received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, shall reign in life through Jesus Christ. Remember that scripture. Brethren, go mark that one in your Bible. Let me give you an, let me give you an, an analogy of that scripture. The grace of God is like a well that is dark in the village. And all of us require the water. But there are some of us who go in the morning with a spoon to draw the water. Remember it's saying those who received abundance of grace, the law of liberty. There are those who go with a cup. There are those who go with five liters. There are those who go with 20 then there are those smart ones who go with a water boozer, the tanga, to draw from the mercies and the grace of God. But some smart guys have drilled a tub, connected pipes to the source so that when they are thirsty at night, they just flip on the tub of mercy, the grace of God. Brethren, receive the abundance of grace. The law of liberty. This is the good news that we have in Christ. There is no other good news. That he has paid our price. That we can wake up in the morning and look into the law of liberty and not die. Look in the ark of the covenant and not die. Because Christ has fulfilled all the laws. Hallelujah. And Hebrews says... And draw mercy in your time of need. So always draw the mercies of God according to your need. Construct a pipe to the mercies of God. Receive abundance of grace. Don't take little. Take a lot. Your children may need that, that, that water. Take enough for your neighbors. Draw enough. For it is boundless. The mercies of God are boundless. The law of liberty sets us free. And free indeed. Hallelujah. Shall we worship this God of ours? Let's stand up and just let's take some worship to say that there is no other God than, uh, like our God. Our God is unique. Our God is mighty. Hallelujah. Wash me for the sacrifice on the cross. We thank you 
our Lord Jesus for your death on the cross that we can look in the law of liberty and not die that we will live and declare your oracles oh God because you pay the price for us that we are clean because you pay the price and that you have inherited abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness we have been set free from sin from the bondage of sin from the bondage of the law we are free in Christ Jesus and our generation is blessed after us for you paid the price on the throne and Lord we worship you we can't thank you enough receive our adoration tonight receive our adoration receive our adoration oh God we love you oh God we worship you Worship you. Abakaya Samaya. We love you. We love you. Father, we love you. We just love you tonight. Father, we love you. We worship you. We worship your God. We worship you. Yahweh Elohim. Mm. Father, cleanse us as your people. 